The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So now we come to the tenth and last of the ten paramis, the ten perfections. And uh, this is equanimity. The uh, Pali word is upekka. And upekka literally uh, etymologically means to have an overview of something. So uh, to have the ability to see the big picture. And so this ability of sitting on a boulder and watching the river below you walk by, wash by, or the Buddha gives the analogy of sitting on a hill above the town and looking down at the hustle and bustle of the town and having this overview that allows for a certain non-reactivity, non-agitation, imperturbability of the mind, uh, peacefulness of the mind. That is what equanimity is. And equanimity is, uh, in many, uh, many perspectives, a little bit like the, one of the pinnacles of Buddhist practice. It's one of the sublime, wonderful states, that uh, precious states that get stronger and stronger through Buddhist meditation, especially mindfulness practice, but also concentration practice. And um, the, um, I think some people, when they hear the word equanimity, uh, uh, interpret it as being a kind of indifference or aloofness or a kind of um, being removed in some kind of way from life. Um, and uh, it's in some ways that that's true, in some ways it's not. It's certainly kind of removed from the ways in which we get attached to things or cling or reactive to what's going on. So there is that sense of not being caught up or connected. And when people are used to human connectivity being through the attachments, through our needs and wants and clingings, uh, it can feel like the person whose equanimity is no longer doing that is now pulled back. So it can feel that way, or in a certain kind of way it is, but it is also the opposite is true, that equanimity is a little bit like um, having glasses which are dirty and not knowing it, and then um, cleaning the glasses and, wow, uh, it's really clear now, I can see it clearly, and how wonderful, and or uh, the windshield of a car that builds up dust slowly over time in the long drive, and then um, someone cleans it and says, wow, wow, that's really clear. And, and uh, it's not so much that we focus on the clarity of the glass, but rather we see much more clearly um, through the glass, through the glasses. And there's, as things stand out much more in highlight, or there's a delight in beauty even, from seeing that clarity. So with equanimity, it's kind of like that. When the mind has an equanimous state, there's a kind of clarity and openness and even intimacy that's possible. When the opposite of an equanimous mind is an agitated mind, a, mind, a reactive mind, a kind of habitual reactivity. And that actually kind of uh, is more like the dirt on the windshield or the glasses where we can't quite see or we can't really connect so closely. When there's equanimity, the, the beautiful qualities of heart that we have have more space and room to come out because they're not dominated by the reactivity. 
And so it's possible for greater love and greater connectedness than the connections that come from agitation, which might feel, or, or can come from clinging or, or, or uh, attachment. Whereas attachment might feel like we're connected, it's usually not very deep. Uh, through strong attachments, two people don't really know each other, can't know each other very well, except they know they're connected. And for some people, that's, you know, it's pretty wonderful, pretty powerful, and pretty reassuring. And once we settle in and feel maybe safe in that clinging relationship, there's deeper and deeper ways of being connected if we can let go of the, re- of the clinging, let go of the attachment. And the equanimity or the openness, the imperturbability, non-reactivity begins to settle in. And then much more can transpire. Uh, much more can be seen through the clear glasses or something like that. So equanimity is kind of the pinnacle of Buddhist practice. And in the Ten Paramis, it's the last one. The ancient uh, texts that talk about these Paramis say that uh, equanimity perfects the other paramis, which I kind of like because um, the understanding is that you're not going to do the others perfectly until you get to the end, where the last one with equanimity. So good enough is good enough. That don't we don't get caught up in trying to do each of the previous paramis perfectly, just right. We kind of acknowledge, accept, or realize that until the practice is really deep for us, of course we're not going to do it perfectly, but we do it good enough. And good enough in terms of Buddhist practice is good enough to continue developing along the path, continue to grow and move forward. And it's a lot of different ways that we grow on the Buddhist path. And I don't want to just say one way, uh, but I do want to emphasize something which maybe is not emphasized enough. And that is that um, with doing, the Buddhist path involves our do, walking the path. If we walk a path and long enough, our legs get stronger and it becomes easier and easier to walk the path. As we walk the Buddhist path, then um, all the different practices we're doing require some doing on our part. Even if the doing is only to relax and to open, that the muscle of relaxing, the muscle of mindfulness that allows us to realize that we're not relaxed, that gets stronger and stronger. So as we do the Buddhist path, there are all these different um, strengths that develop uh, over time. And, um, and the paramis represent some of those strengths. And those strengths create the ballast. Those strengths create a support uh, to make that boulder stronger that we sit on in the river. That the, the strengths uh, create the stability then makes it easier to be equanimous. That equanimity is not just some kind of mental uh, capacity that we learn to develop, kind of disembodied from everything else. It's really, uh, gets str- uh, equanimity itself gets stronger and stronger from the other things that are developing on the path. And even if all you're doing is mindfulness practice, uh, a lot of these paramis are following along, coming along with the practice. And um, because as we are practicing more and more and seeing more clearly, it's more and more difficult to want to be miserly or tight with the things and more natural to be generous. It's more difficult to harm people, 
through violating the precepts. And uh, so we tend to live more ethically. The more mindful we are, the more we realize uh, when things are hurt by our clinging and attachments, and the more natural it is to let go, to renounce certain things. Uh, The more mindful we are, the more wisdom we acquire. The more mindful we are, the more we love mindfulness and delight in the engagement, the effort, the doing of it. And um, as we do more mindfulness, patience comes, follows, and suit. And patience, mindfulness supports patience. Mindfulness helps us to see what's really true, and, and our ability to connect to truth becomes stronger and stronger. As mindfulness gets stronger, um, there can be a sense of a real understanding of what is important, where is the important places to base our life on, and um, and so determination becomes stronger. And then, as mindfulness gets stronger, of course, we'll have more loving kindness, the ninth perfection. Because uh, the opposite of that, being having a heart that's closed, we realize the limitations of that, the pain of that. And so we'll relax the closedness, the defensiveness of the, around the heart, the armor. And then, of course, there'll be more sense of goodwill there or kindness there naturally. And then with all these things supporting us with mindfulness, of course, we'll start being equanimous. We tend to learn how not to be pick up or react to what's happening, but just to be present for it and see it. So equanimity is kind of the pinnacle of practice, and, um, and it tends to be strongest in meditation, but also it's something we bring as a gift into the world, and allows us to have greater intimacy, greater connections, greater, better relationships with people, and rather than keeping us aloof, the non-reactivity allows for um, a greater intimacy, but an intimacy that doesn't um, interfere with people or is over-dominating with people or, or somehow a way in which we bring in our attachments into our connection to other people. There's a freedom that's possible. And in that freedom that has less needs, there can be greater intimacy and connection. Classically, the idea of equanimity, the the feeling, the experience of equanimity, is also uh, a phenomenal enabler of of the deepest letting go that can happen, that the letting go of self, the letting go of all our desires temporarily, the letting go of all the ways in which we are constantly building and constructing this world of ours, that equanimity sets the stage for things to be so calm and peaceful and quiet and unagitated that it allow, because it's so unagitated, something can just give, give way. Something can finally go to put to rest. Something that we can't put to rest, we can't let go of, we can't settle. But the, we bring the equanimity that allows our heart to finally let go, release, settle back. Ah, open up into awakening, into freedom. So, um, um, so that's the paramis. So, thank you so much for this time. And uh, so, next week um, we'll have a guest teacher here for the seven a.m. teaching. I'm going to be going up into the Sierras backpacking for a few days, 
And um, Nikki Mergafori, who's a wonderful teacher here at IMC, uh, will accompany you in these 7 a.m. meditations and teachings. And you're very fortunate to have her, I think, and you think you'll you'll enjoy it quite a bit. And... um, and um, and then uh, we can have our Zoom meeting. And I'll try to put it in the bottom of the chat when I, as I turn off the YouTube thing here. Uh, uh, but it is, I think it's at the top of the chat. And it's on insightmeditationcenter.org um, on the what's new on the bottom right and on the calendar on probably the top... top uh, uh, event in the calendar on the bottom left of that homepage. And the, there's a password. The password is Meta, M-E-T-T-A. And if you uh, end up in a waiting room, uh, that'll probably be disabled soon. And I'll join you in a couple of minutes here. Thank you. <laughs>